Hello everyone and welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. I'm Jermaine, aka your grandma's boyfriend. Oof. They get worse and worse. Like yeah. Every day. That and was really bad. And I'm here. Dale. And we're the crew. Uh, this is the last week of Black History Month, so we just want to give a final shout out to all of our all of our community. Um, <laughs> happy Black History Month. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like and subscribe to our videos. Um, you can support us on Anchor, and we'll give you the links for that somewhere in this description or another description on Instagram or something like that. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Okay, so we have a lot of news to get through this week. Um, the first being that Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of, of rape charges, I think, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday. And um, he was... Well, he's charged with other um, charges in Los Angeles, and he was also charged with other, I think he was charged with three three charges um, in New York, but he only got convicted on one of them, which is rape. I thought it was two. I think they, they convicted on like two or five, if I read it correctly. I might have read it wrong. Two of five? Yeah. It was, okay. I think it was five, <laughs> five total charges, but he only got convicted on, on two of them. And he's still a sixty-year sentence in jail. Yeah, he's been. He's been going around saying he's not guilty. He's innocent the whole time. He could spend the rest of his life in prison. Um, Like it was his reporting. Make sure that that's actually right, and I'm not. His attorney was like, he's been saying. To telling his attorney over and over again, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Well, of course he's going to say that, but <laughs> like... Then he's like, how can this happen in America? Which is funny as a, you know, white guy in power with a lot of money. He's surprised he was oh. found guilty. Oh. Yeah. Oh, throwback to black history, huh? Yeah, two of the five charges, you're right. So, yeah. But anyway. the thing is, he still has, I think, cases pending in California as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He has... <laughs> He's not. They're not. They're not done with him yet. Nah. And those ladies were speaking out about it too. Yeah. Yes, but um, Times Up, the movement, came out with a statement after his um, verdict, and they said, "While we celebrate this historic moment, our fight to fix the broken system that has allowed serial abusers like Harvey Weinstein to abuse women in the first place continues. Abusers everywhere, and the powerful forces that protect them should be on notice. There's no going back." Mm-hmm. So. You know, what is it? That one big step for humanity, one <laughs> giant one, one leap for man, one, one step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yes. Yeah. Don't know if that directly applies to the situation, but what I'm saying is, like, it's a good step and it's a, it's the right step. Right direction. In the right direction. Right. I think there he should have been convicted on all of the charges, but. Yeah. Hey, the man's got money. He's got good attorneys. He's got good Whatever. Lawyers. And then he was hospitalized. Oh. I find it funny After he got like whenever, okay. whenever these rich, not just rich, rich, rich white people, but any kind of rich man or even sometimes women mm-hmm. are convicted of any kind of crime. They want to like go in like so defenseless, like I'm old and stuff. Yeah. Like before the trial started, this man is like walking around. He was, walking. He was When fine. he was doing like a sexual rehab, he mm-hmm. was walking around his SUV, still in California, fine. Mm-hmm. But you go, you see the videos of him going to court. Now he's using a walker. So mm-hmm. it's like, 
it's been like two months, man. Nothing happens that extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not in jail right now. He's in the hospital. Yeah. He's got heart problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's probably like a scientific like research phenomenon where people who are in privileged and powerful positions can't handle real consequences. Like they don't know what to do in situations of struggle. So they just fall apart. Their body literally falls apart. They literally fall apart because they don't know how to deal with it because so. they've never had to deal with it because they've always been able to make it go away. Yeah. That's a lesson for all of us, I think. <laughs> yeah. But very glad that's happening. Um, change is not kind of quick. It happens incrementally. So, like, we have to take the little victories, um, even if it's probably not what we all wanted. At least something is happening to kind of change and make these things, like, make these women not have to feel this way when they're going to work and they're trying to, like, start their careers and stuff. It doesn't feel like enough to me, personally. It doesn't. I mean, you're right. Change is incremental, Mm -hmm. especially big change. Not even, it's not even, this is not even a big change. It's more societal and culture. Mm -hmm. Those changes take time. Yeah. 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 But it's, for me, it feels interest. It's interesting that like a justice or whatever that's supposed to mean never really feels like enough because these people's lives are so damaged. Mm-hmm. Like they still have to wake up every single day knowing what happened to them and try to like go out into the world and live their lives. And that's so like even though he is getting something, like those women are still. That's a that that's what amazing. happened to them is still a part of their story, and they still have to carry that for the rest of their lives. So it, you know, but okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because they did speak about having panic attacks after what he's done. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying he's having them now. But they were saying that they had to suffer with that over the years. Yeah. Where they weren't getting justice. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a good move. It's a nice yeah. little step mm. in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, so the next story we're going to be talking about is. Um, the celebration of life for Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna. Mm-hmm. Ooh, when I tell you I was crying, I was crying. Like I didn't cry when I found out about his death and his and Gianna's death, but watching that, strong tears, strong tears came out. I was like, "Ooh, this is hard." Yeah. I don't know how anyone was able to speak <laughs> like on that stage because that. Like, we know him from afar. They knew him personally. So, like, just imagine just having to know that that person isn't in your life anymore and then have to, like, publicly talk about what they meant to you. I can't. I don't know. That's difficult. It is difficult. Like, I was, you know, usually in those kind of situations, you think I was expecting her to go, like, last. His wife. Yeah, but it makes sense. I think for her it was harder, so I think she wanted to get go first, mm-hmm. so she can get out out of the way, so she could cry away from the cameras. Like the only real shot you saw of her in the whole thing was when the camera somehow got this moment where Beyonce was comforting her, and that's really the only time you saw her mm-hmm. outside of when she was speaking. So yeah, I was, I'm in awe of her like strength, to be honest. To not just lose your best friend like. The way she spoke about him, mm-hmm. about how he did like little things, like 
But mm. honestly, hearing about all this stuff, Kobe, Kobe making it hard out here for us, man. Yeah, he learned he how to gave play. her everything. Okay, well, he gave her the world. <laughs> he learned how to play piano by ear just for her. Mm. Like what? He bought her like the raise the bar. Raise the bar. Yeah, yeah but that's that isn't that just like who he is? He just like he, he just raised the bar he bought on her everyone. The one the blue dress in the notebook. He bought the dress that Rachel McAdams like, wore in the notebook because it was her favorite movie. Like, come on, like, like what? That's too much. That must be her love language. Her love language must be gifts. Because honestly, I couldn't. That would make me be like, I would just be like, stop spending money on that. Just hang out with me, like. <laughs> that is like he just man. He he making he go he he's still making it hard. He's not even here. He making it hard for like. Come on, man. Step up. Step up, young man. I was I was touched like I was impressed by her power because I know when mm-hmm. I had to, I had to speak personally from my grandmother's funeral and I like like one two sentences in and I collapsed like so for her mm-hmm. on the world stage to maintain that power I'm in awe and impressed by her mm-hmm. so and, yeah that was hard honestly I that was a struggle to watch her speak but when I actually started crying was when um. Gianna's um, mentor started talking about her and her about Gianna and her relationship with Kobe and how he was coaching their basketball team, how he was just how they were so similar and how they would always be smiling and really happy. But once they got on the court, they were savages like you were they were not playing games out here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I love the stories that they told. It just gave so much insight to his character and like who he was. And I think how he just changed everything. After she spoke, she had a college. She had, she's a college basketball player. Right. She had a game, and she like is like the first Division One athlete to I think score two thousand points, two thousand like assists, and uh, two thousand rebounds. Mm. One of those either assists, rebounds, or steals. But mm. to get that number, it'd be the only man or woman to do that. Like the same day, mm. I was like, yo, and it worked. Like if you look, the date of yesterday's date was two. The date was two twenty four twenty. John's number is two. Kobe mm. was twenty four. Yeah. Her number is twenty. Wow, so that's like, crazy. Like, so, man, numbers sometimes mean something. Baby so, mean and stuff, man. But yeah, like I was surprised by Michael Jordan. Me too. So he gave one of the best speeches of, the, of that of the. It wasn't the night; it was like during the day. But yeah. whatever. He was like, I don't want to be another meme because when he started crying, that's all I thought about was his crying meme. Yeah. And so for the fact that he said that, and he acknowledges that, like that is a thing that happened. So. He's like, Maybe cry. he referred to like, Kobe as like his little brother and yeah. stuff. So. Like, that boy was texting me 2 a.m. I was like, what? It's like, how were you when you were five years old and you were thinking about basketball? He's like, I don't think about baseball. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. I just love, yeah, I just love, wait, Shaq said something too that was insane. Mm-hmm. What did he say? That there was no I in team. Oh, he was like, <laughs> oh, the team was complaining about Kobe not passing the ball. Mm. Uh, so he was like, Yo, Kobe, you got a pass ball. There's no I in team. But he's like, there's an Emmy in this mother. Mm. So, yeah. That that sounds very Kobe. Yeah, accurate. that sounds just about right. Yeah. So, and I'm also glad that even though I feel happy for, I feel kind of happy, kind of sad for Shaq. Because even though they did have that time period where they weren't getting along, they had times where they could catch up mm. and patch that thing. Because you never want, like, my mom always says, um, don't. Um, fall asleep with malice in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm happy. You know, he got to at least. It wasn't like their whole life, but he got he got moments back that if he if their squabble had continued, he probably would never got back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like the UConn coach. 
what Gino. he was saying about Kobe, how he was <clears throat> coaching Kobe, and Kobe was always a ball hog. But then he went over to speak about how he was coaching Gianna's team mm-hmm. and how he was saying he wanted to be a coach. Now he's asking all these coaching questions. <laughs> right. Right, he was saying the one uncoachable guy is now thinking about being a coach. <laughs> That's funny. His best friend, too, talking about how Kobe was going all out, even, mm-hmm. like, the moments up until his death, mm-hmm. um, just trying to get secure a future for those little girls that were in the plane with them. Yeah. I just love how he just went. He just did everything with excellence, like, everything. Like, nothing. If it was... Even if he was just like, yeah, I know I'm great. I'm still raising the bar for myself. And I just feel like that's um, that's a next level. That's like a top-notch male kind of energy that that's we want in our lives. <laughs> a, a, like, a rarity. Not even just men. It's rarity, period, man or yeah, woman. Yeah, just a person, yeah. period. Like, that's the type of person that you want in your life who is not like, I'm not settling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm constantly going to raise the bar for myself and for everyone else around me. That's dope. So it was really cool to see everyone from the basketball um, community and just all of his friends and everyone who, like who's influenced his life and also who he's influenced in one area. I know one of my friends or yeah, this guy I know who's like in love with Kobe and like he's always been like that's his nickname. His name his nickname is Kobe. And he went to the ceremony in LA and I was just like, man, I don't even know how you're taking it like that's hard but yeah i'm really proud of everyone for just saying something because that's difficult like no one expected him to die he was really young jana had her whole future ahead of her like it's rough so it was very emotional but it was really well done i think mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess I'm doing the next one too. <laughs> oh, the friends. You got your little, you have, this is good for you, your friends reunion. I'll be there for you yeah. when mm-hmm. the rain starts to fall. Okay, yes. So, friends is coming back, guys. Um, They're having their reunion special on HBO Max. I think it's this spring, or like they're going to start shooting it this spring, or something like that. Like, all the cast put their little photos on Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh, what? Um, I truly did not think this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because whenever like a successful show ends, all the cast are like, oh, um, we don't want to bring it back because we left it on such a good note. We want that to be the memory and the legacy of the show. And maybe redoing it might take away from what the show was. Right. And so that's what they were. That's what their stance was for years. It's been over 25 years, guys, mm-hmm. since Friends ended. So the fact that this is happening makes me think that anything can happen. Like, The Office, come back. I think everyone's down for it. Like, I don't we, know about Steve Carell, but... Are we I don't all? think it's been long enough for that to come back. I don't know about Steve Carell. I don't think he's coming back. But <laughs> everyone else, like... I don't think Steve... I don't think Steve Carell's coming back. I don't think uh, um, Jim... God plays Jim. No, he said he was down. He was down for it? Yeah, he oh, said, okay. oh, yeah, it's been a huge part of my life. Like, I will do I'm it. I'm thinking the way his career's taken off. He's like, I don't, I don't need little, your little money money. Mm. <laughs> I'm pretty my own, but... Yeah. His career has taken off. So. Um, the other cast members of that show hasn't yeah. like that. So I think, like... So that's why I'm wondering with Friends, like, who's the one that needs to... Who needs the check from Friends? Um, I don't... All of them. The only one who's really doing something is Jennifer Aniston. 
But even in her doing something, she hasn't really been doing much. You know what I'm saying? And so the guy who played Ross, I think, is directing stuff. Yeah. So either way, they're all in a position where they're not doing so much. Like they're not in a place where like, okay, I need my career to jump off now. Like I need to separate myself from this character and do something completely different. Like they've already passed that phase. Yeah. So I think now is a good time for them to come back and try something. I think it's just for like one hour. I don't know how long it's gonna be. It's not like their series is returning. It's just probably like a hour special probably. But I'm so excited because like I just wanna know what happens after that. Like what are their lives like now? I'm really excited to see what happens. <laughs> and I know so many of you poor are like I have friends who are like serious friends, friends, like fans, fans, like they're really excited about this team. So what show do you want to have a return cast reunion? None of them. None of them? None of them. Why? Because they don't have a good track record. It's just true. Um, Raven's House. Ew. That's not a, that's not a, re- that's not a return. <laughs> that's like a, a continuation. Though. Look, it, Raven's House. it doesn't matter. It's garbage. Sure. Um, Boy Meets World. Girl Meets oh, that's like. Bad. Yeah, that's a Honestly, Boys Being World wasn't good either. So it was good for the the time period, but the it was reboot, good for uh, like a season. What do you mean? I went back and watched all of it. No, I'm being serious. Like, okay, to be honest, the first the first season of Boy Meets World, where they're still like little kids, that, that was, was kinda, fun. It's, it's still kind of iffy. The season it gets good after seasons. when they're in high school. When they're in like in college and stuff, college and, like, is and I'm just like, college is like, college is, is, I'm like. Is, Stop playing games right now. Like, what's going on? Who are you guys? The show, yeah, the show should have ended them graduating high school. The show that I wanted, been it, yeah. what show would I want to come back? This hmm. one. Mm. I want to say it would have to be, dang, that wouldn't work because they skipped time. I was going to say How I Met Your Mother because the last season was kind of such a letdown. It was really bad. But then it wouldn't make a difference because... It doesn't fix that problem because <laughs> no, it it, do, right. it, it, it wouldn't right. fix it. It would just pick up in the current timeline. So I got one. Scrubs. I would like to see Scrubs come back. This is yeah, no, yeah, Scrubs. Scrubs like, would work. I want to see how JD would do it in Cox's role as the, the head doctor. Yeah, right. Scrubs would. I don't know, Scrubs. I don't know because I think if you if Scrubs came back, having like all those people in positions of power of authority, it would seem weird. Like I wouldn't want to ever go to this hospital. So. But yeah. I, I think it would work out. Mm. You have everybody doing their own thing, and then you can have people fill in the uh, the shoes of the people who moved up. Yeah. You know, rising actor actors and actresses. I think it could work. All mm. of the shows that I want to come back are coming back. So. Gotta get that money, money. I'm excited. I feel like as long as the people who started the shows and who wrote it. As long as they come back, it'll be good. That same attention to detail. Right, because they'll know how these characters speak and feel. Like, if someone else takes over it, then just flush it down the toilet. It's not going to work. Like, but. True. Very excited about that. But speak anything on Fuller House that was just corny. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. A lot of them came back and it was just. That I didn't watch Full House, so I don't know what it was before. It shouldn't have made a comeback, to be honest. To be honest, I wasn't even really a big Full House fan either. Yeah. You know what? She come back home improvement. <laughs> they did. It was um, <laughs> they did Last it. Man Standing. Right. It's right. basically it's Really? It's, That's what home improvement is? Improvement. It's, basically, it's just instead of the three boys, it's three girls. And yeah, it's basically. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. It's the same exact. The home improvement was good. Beat for beat. The thing. George Lopez show. Bring that back. Low, right. Mm-hmm. 
Scared mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. night. That's how show you watched that. Like you woke up at like two a.m. You were like, "What?" what? Oh, was, George Lopez is like. <laughs> that was the only move on Nick and Night when like Nickelodeon was done. The last show was like Hang On or whatever, mm-hmm. and then oh, it's like y'all time to go to bed. But George Lopez, come on, you still stay up and watch. Yes, George Lopez. Yeah, like, so. yo, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. Anyway, um, you also other news today is um, what well, other news happening is Bob Iger is stepping down from um Disney, which is mm-hmm. a surprise. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah, because he's been there like fifteen years and. Mm. The run he had in the last 15 years is amazing. He got the Pixar merger. Mm. He, he did a lot of stuff. Got, he absorbed Fox. Well, Fox's film division. Mm. Um, So they get Searchlight so they can do all those oh, independent yeah, mo- indie vibe movies. They got Marvel. They got, you know, not just Marvel. They also got Star Wars. So, like, he Dang, was on a he roll made for, like, moves. 15 years. He also made a whole bunch of terrible um reboots. Reboots or recreations of their classic films. I mean, he allowed that to happen. I'm sorry, I don't forget. I mean, he played like I was like, (laughs) okay, so I was watching the um, exactly. I was watching the studio, um, execs, the studio execs roundtable that um, Hollywood Reporter did. And one of the reasons, like, um, I think it's Alan something, he's like, these the number two to, to Bob. And he was like, yeah, we have all these IPs, so we kind of can if we want to. But even he said there's a diminishing return of keep keep continuing to reboot our already created content. So mm-hmm. they're trying to spew off. That's why Maleficent got her own movie separately from um, Sleeping Beauty. And also that's why they branched off with, um, yeah, Malef- yeah, he just mentioned Maleficent. Yeah, so they're trying to go in that direction to branch off and create stories outside of it. And he mentioned uh, Corella with... um. Your girl Emma Stone. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm excited about it. I don't know. So. <laughs> um. But yeah, so he's he's stepping down as CEO, but he's still an executive chairman for through the next year. Yeah. So he's still gonna be like influencing what's going on. But he's he, not gonna. Apparently, he was planning to leave in 2017 when they were still in the midst of buying 20th Century Fox, mm. and Rupert Murdoch, who owned, who owned Fox at the time, was like. A part of the negotiation is you have to stay oh. and run. So he's stayed longer than he intended to. So, mm-hmm. But yeah. So his replacement is like his Bob, Bob Chapek. Chapek. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the guys who came up with um the launch of Disney Plus. So yeah. yeah. I guess it should be fine. Plus he's got about 20 years on his belt anyway, right? Yeah. yeah he has the experience. We'll see. Yeah. My favorite story from him is that is when Tom Holland called him drunk crying to save no, Spider Man. <laughs> what? That's what really made me like him. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm okay with you, guy. Tom Holland was drunk. Yeah, he was drunk and Tom he Holland cried. took that whole Spider Man <laughs> Marvel thing like really. How old is he? Is more, he like five? He took it more seriously than the he's fans like, did. He's my age, I think. He's twenty three. Yeah, Tom is still kind of a kid, to be honest. Yeah. No offense, but he's yeah. Young people are their future. And young people make things happen. Look what he did. He called and he made it happen, did he not? He played I think he played a factor in it, but I do think the underlining agreement was so. money. Was <laughs> money oh obviously so. Marvel knows they need Spider Man and Sony knows Marvel needs Spider Man as well. So they were gonna come to agreement no matter what. Yeah. Well, so But yes, children are He made future. things happen. Yeah, that's all I have children to say. Love future. you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from the booze, man. Yeah, man, you can't hold your alcohol, bro. <laughs> you, you, 
you pulled a Marvin's room to your boss at Disney, <laughs> basically. Drunk calling her, drunk calling him, or whatever. So, yeah. Drunk calling, drunk calling, drunk yeah. calling you. So, there's some trailers that came out. A lot of trailers came out. Like, Most of them are boring. I don't know what you guys want to talk about, but. The. We were mentioning before we started the. um The. Jesse Eisenberg one. That looks amazing. The it's Jesse Eisenberg one. Ver Virilium? Yeah. Yeah. Um, with him and Imogene Poots, who mm-hmm. I love. I'm so happy that she's getting some screen time. Because she's been like she's been underground yeah. like wor- grinding. So I'm very happy that she's coming out with stuff. Yeah. She's dope. I don't know if this is gonna be as big a movie as I think it's gonna be though. It's not. It's it probably won't. It's, it's probably a, like a. It's gonna be a cool indie sci-fi thing, it was and a, I'm down for it. It was. I will Cannes. be watching it. It's fine because that's that's up Jesse Eisenberg's wheelhouse. He's been right. doing all those kind of indie. He's our indie. Music. He's like the indie king. Yeah. He's been indie king for a minute. Yeah. So like, I like the concept. It's like a horror movie based on like they're purchasing purchasing a house, mm-hmm. which I feel like is every young adult slash millennials like that's the goal but that's also the fear like i want to live in a city i want to be hustling and bustling mm. but you know you got to get a house and things turn even in the trailer things go left like yeah. real quickly they get a baby in a box and yeah. it's like i guess <laughs> yeah, i guess you got your parents now <laughs> it's like put that thing back you have the perfect house on the perfect street with the perfect baby now raise it yeah so i would honestly i don't know what i would do if that happened to me like if i woke up one day and i just saw a child in a box and it was like Return to sender? Like, is that an option? I don't... <laughs> I couldn't do it, guys. And I think the other trailer was Run with Your Girl from um, American Horror Story. My girl? <laughs> okay. What's her, I don't know her name. Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, yeah. Talking about the hunt? No, Run. No, Run. Run, it's like sh- the girl's in a wheelchair, and I think, I think, based on my information, based on the trailer, uh, it gives the vibe that she finds out that it's not her real mom. Oh, and it turns okay. into this whole story. It reminds me of um. Oh, so it's basically the act. Hmm. On Hulu. Oh, actually, it might not be the same thing. I no, I was gonna say it reminds me of it's a Stephen King movie with Kathy Bates. I think it's called Mercy, if I remember correctly. Where, oh, where she has a writer in the. Yeah, basement. I got that vibe from it. It might not be the same, but that's the vibe I got from it. But yeah, so. That seems fine. Yeah. I feel like Sarah Paulson, mostly she does horror. And I'm kind of just like, okay. Well. That's her That's her wheel. <laughs> she does Fine. a good job with the horror, Fine. though. Uh, I don't know. She, so she did. She was in um, uh, the O.J. Simpson miniseries. Mm-hmm. I want to see her in more things like that. Like, she's a really dramatic, she's a good dramatic actress, and I want her to see her doing more of that stuff than, like, the horror stuff that we've been seeing her do for years now. That's just a mm-hmm. personal thing. I would like I would like a little change. You know, diversify your roles a bit. It seems like her and Emily Blunt kind of have con- contrasting careers almost. What do you mean? They kind of do the same horror, but at least Emily Blunt to me seems like she still gets a chance to do serious stuff a bit more. Emily Blunt is horror? Not Emily Blunt. Um... Oh, uh, Jim Halpert's wife. Why I keep calling Jim Halpert? I don't know why. His life in real life. Yes, Emily Blunt. Yeah, she kind of isn't. Wouldn't Quiet Place count as horror for you? No, no, not okay. in the slightest. Like <laughs> there was nothing scary about that it's, movie. It's kind of, it's like a psychological. It's a thriller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 
that's like the only one that she's done. She mostly has done dramatic stuff. So I had this is that was like the first yeah, time no, I've seen her. No, that's what I'm saying. They have contrasted careers. Like she mostly does a lot of dramatic stuff, and whereas um thingy there. Emily Paulson does a lot of horror. Emily Paulson, yeah. Emily Paulson, that's not her name. I apologize, but but you didn't even try to correct me though. You knew I was. You knew what was gonna happen. And you just I didn't. At me. How did I? How did I know you were not getting her name right the you second knew, time? Like you knew, you knew, <laughs> I didn't know that. Knew, but you knew. So what do you think about the Daniel Radcliffe film coming up? Guns Akimbo. Nope. I don't Isn't it Escape at something? He's doing both. He's doing this man's been busy. Yeah. Oh. The one I know about is Guns Akimbo. Um, I saw that, and I heard um, hands are like are taped to like two. Well, they're they're um, deadbolted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that concept looks interesting. Yeah. I think there are some issues with it as far as people finding out there's some diverse, not diverse, divisive content in it. So it's been to get a lot of it's been getting a lot of backlash online. I don't know why. So I don't know. I'll see it. Made by the same people who made Power Rangers. Well. You mean distribution-wise? Saban, yeah, Saban's di- distributing this, and Saban is distributing the Jesse Eisenberg movie as well. Right. So, I guess because they don't have the Power Rangers IP anymore, has or has it, they're kind of like, look, we need <laughs> we need other, right. other let's, things. Let's get some other content. Yeah, so. Yeah. It looks interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Mm. I'm, I'm okay with seeing Daniel Radcliffe acting in other things. It reminds me... It was a movie that came out. I forgot who started in it, but it was like an online dare game. I think. Um, truth or dare? Is it truth or dare? I think that's it. I think. Um, is it Emma Thompson? That Julia Roberts niece? One of. Oh, Nerf. Is it Nerf? I don't know. With, it was um, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah, I think it was one of those online dare. Thing. I get that same kind of vibe from it. Um, from Guns Akimbo. Hmm. I thought I think Guns Akimbo is probably going to end up being better, but you know, so. Yeah. But your escape from wherever. Mm. What do you think about that escape one? Escape from wherever. That's the name of the movie. It's a weird name. I don't remember. Um, yeah, him doing a South African accent. No. Oh, I don't want it. You. Don't want it. Throw it away. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I thought, no. I thought it showed a little bit of promise. You know. They're trying to prison break out. Like or they yeah that's what they're doing they're trying to do a prison break and I'm like okay it's about these guys who oh, are es- in apartheid South Africa escape from Pretoria trying to break out of a prison because they did they want it to be um useful mm-hmm. but they didn't do anything so I mean I haven't seen the movie yet so I don't know maybe they do see, do something but I just feel like. Why did that need to be the background? Because I feel like you're not even making it about that. You're making about Escaping. something completely different so that using, isn't important. They're using the what? The Af- is it African? African. Oh, they're two South Africans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're using that whole political background to tell a story of a prison break story, basically. And I'm just like, ugh. Okay. Everything is so political. I mean. Life is either political or Which I'm fine with, so. but, like, can we, like, at least be creative? I don't know. That seemed like such a, like, slap together, like, we're going to do a prison make movie. Um, how can we make this interesting? I don't know. Someone say something. Oh, they're in apartheid South Africa. Okay. Yes. Amazing. Let's do it. So $34 million to make this movie. Like, I don't know how much the budget is, but I don't <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, based on a book. 
Um, it I don't re- I don't think it's gonna get a nationwide release. Or so far, the releases I'm seeing is just for the UK and maybe Australia. So yeah. Then there was that slave movie, that action-packed slave movie, and I was just like, Which "Are you guys movie? being serious? Like they're just scraping the bottom of the barrel now." This time of the year is that dry period for just movies, scrape. where they're trying to like just promote, like, "Look, y'all not gonna watch this? No. Y'all are y'all are bored." And they're all coming out like no one wants to see. They're all like, coming out like May and March, where it's like the height of like school and stuff, or spring break, and nobody's gonna really watch unless you're bored so terrible yeah. terrible yeah that was, that was a I hard said, watch what are y'all doing like, like what are, they already did Django what are you doing right with this? someone already did what you're trying to do a million times better like please stop wasting everyone's time that really irritated my soul like, and we just got Harriet so and we're getting antebellum which seems insane <sighs> I think I might go I don't know how to see that because I found out it was a stolen concept from somebody else who submitted to the. I think one of the people involved in the movie had a film writer's submission contest, and the properties are very sim- like dead similar. Like she went on to like shoot it herself, and looking at the behind the scenes photos of her shooting it and the trailer and the plot of it, well, they seem like very close. So. So she stole it? No, she's saying they stole it. So They took her idea and didn't get her credit for it? Yeah. Like, they saw her script, like, oh, they liked it, and then they changed, like, they just, like, you know, you do, you copy and paste stuff, and they change some stuff to make it work. So That's what I did in college with my paper. Mm. Sorry, professor. Statue of limitations has passed on that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just admitted that right out the gate. So yeah, I don't know. This late. It's slow. I'm ready. I mean, the bigger movies that are coming out, we've already seen the trailers for. Mm-hmm. So I'm we, not yeah, excited saw, about. We saw anything. all those trailers during the like Super Bowl or stuff. So yeah, yeah. it'll be a good year for movies. It's just that whatever whatever I just saw was like it wasn't it. I feel I like this is a time of year where you get all these indie releases, and you hope one is that diamond in the rough that you know somehow speaks and gets into the award season cycle for next year i feel like that's what they try and do with um the way back with ben affleck yeah i feel like they're trying to put like it's it's, it seems like it's one of that movie is more like it's ben affleck's story in a way yeah it seems too close too close too personal for it to be good so i don't know if that makes sense but so I feel like you have to have some distance between your characters. Yeah, I think you'll be worrying more about Ben Affleck than all the other characters in the story. That's yeah. On screen. So. And to me, it just seems like Coach Carter, except like... White guy with alcohol with problem. Affleck. Except with Ben Affleck. So I don't know. But anyway. So. <clears throat> okay, so we have some what's trending stuff. Yeah. Have you guys seen the Octavia Spencer mommies? No. It's hilarious. No, no, I haven't. She did like Parasite and it was like Paramount. It was, I can't even, ah, I need like the photos. Let me see. I think she like challenged people to like make memes of, because you, have you guys, you know, you've heard of the movie Ma yeah. with her in it, right? And there was, she was just like, makes the memes out of this. And I love that Octavia Spencer is like an internet like legend right now because she really made that happen. <laughs> who knew? Like who knew she would be it? Like she's amazing. 
I'm literally gonna go find these right I'm now. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, right. so she's they're also doing it to promote the movie. I think the movie's on DVD. I guess so, because so it already like, came out. Now this would have been a good tactic if like during, it was during the promotion yeah. of it. But it is so funny. <laughs> Octavius. I see this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this probably would have helped the movie more had it come out when they were actually marketing the movie. Do you see them? Yeah. When you make plans and instantly regret them. Like, what? But she was doing it with other movies that had just come out. It was like Jojo Ma uh, or something like that. Like, something stupid. Mm-mm. I loved it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that was hilarious. <laughs> and I was crying. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, I see it. Okay, she did a poster with Liar Liar. Okay. Let me see. It's on Know Your Meme. Yay. My, myself, and I. <laughs> like, what is that? It's Rocket so... Ma. That... Mama Land. Yes. What? It just gets better and better. Like, look at her face. Oh. I'm a, I'm a Mad Ma. I'll send you to you, Jimmy. These are hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I saw that, and I was just like, she is our queen. Cause that is amazing. Got a lot of free time on her hands, but yeah. She's coming out with a mini series on Netflix about um. Oh God, what is her name? I did a whole report on her in school. So dang, I'm gonna feel mad, <laughs> mad that I don't remember her name. You saw that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, it's just so good. It's the little things, man. Um. It's Madam C.J. Walker. Yeah, I was going to say the hair lady, and I was right. But I didn't know. The, <laughs> <laughs> the hair lady. You guys know the one. Right? I was going to say the hair lady, you know, uh, Mary Bethune. Yeah, that one. And that's a totally different person. I feel um, bad. I'm feeling black like, history. Oh, right one now. of these stories, okay. But, yeah. I may or may not watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, P.D. Davidson. P.D. Davidson. He said he might leave SNL. I thought he left. He was, his life is so, whoa, like, I can't, he's he's such an odd person to me. But anyway, he was in rehab for a little bit earlier this year, mm-hmm. again. And then um, he, he was filming Suicide Squad last year. So he wasn't there for a good portion of it because he was filming the movie. But he basically was just like how... I, no, like he feels like he doesn't have any, like he can't contribute to the sketches and stuff like he feels like everyone just makes jokes about him and how he like smokes weed and has like and doesn't do anything or whatever and he just felt like he was he's done being the butt of the joke and he doesn't want to do it anymore no, and really I was like he's so sensitive but maybe he's right I mean maybe he's right because I don't know what the culture on SNL is I do know people do leave very, they've been leaving very, like, quickly. Like, people have just been going, and then other people had to, like, fill in for them. Yeah, thingy there is leaving, um, Scott Jurassic's fiance is leaving. Oh, Colin Jost, Colin yeah. Jost, mm-hmm. he's leaving. He's like, yeah, I'm done. Um, I think Honestly, his, if I was married to her, I, think I Michael, would leave. I think Michael Shea's leaving, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't use him very much. They don't. He mostly used thing, on weekend weekend up, updates. Right, they use him on weekend updates, yeah. right? But they don't really use him in sketches. As, yeah. Same thing with Pete Davidson. Like, right? They don't. I, use the him only in, time I've seen him, seen him on SNL, weekend updates, like, it's just weekend updates. So I was like, okay. they don't use them. Like, they are there are certain people that they use all the time. Mikey Day. 
Mikey Day, Cecily, Cecily Keenan, Keenan. Well, Keenan's been there Keenan forever. He's not leaving. You know, like, this chest is um, it's a steady check. Kate McKinnon, like those are the certain people. Like you're always gonna see them in sketches, but like for the ever for the other people, I feel it's just, like, like Kate might leave soon too. Like, I think she might too because she's been doing a lot of stuff. More of a profile as well. And I feel like SNL is a good like launching pad into your career. So I guess people use it for that, which is why, which is what he was saying. He was like, it's a really cutthroat kind of environment because people are just there to kind of get that get one that break. break and then move on. And I feel that he said a lot of other stuff too, which, which is funny for Keenan. It was the opposite. Mm-hmm. Keenan had his big break, and, and then he went on SNL. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What Mikey Day was on Wild and Out, and then he went to SNL. So. Where has he been before? I've seen his face. Before. All I've seen, all I remember of him being is Wildin' Out, and that's it. Okay. So yeah, because yeah. I'm like, he wasn't that you're, funny on you're so, <sighs> he's hilarious on SNL though. He's better. Than they SNL. found he found his niche right yeah, there, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> so yeah, he also said a lot of things with a lot of other things, a lot of other girls, mm. which is mm. really interesting. Mm. But we won't get into that. So how, talk about it how do you, how do you feel about Riverdale right now? Everybody's leaving. It looks like. So two of the cast members are leaving. The sheriff, not the main one. The sheriff and all. So um, Jughead's dad is leaving, and mm-hmm. then um, Veronica's mom is leaving. Honestly, I feel like they should not have been renewed for a fifth season. I feel like this should have been their last season, and everyone could just go off and do whatever they wanted to do. Because what is Riverdale right now? It's it's a mess. It's in a, to me. I don't watch it, but I realize it's, it's in a weird place because it's in the same. Them and Sabrina are like in the same universe, mm-hmm. but then you have that Kathy Keene show. Mm-hmm. It's the same universe, but Kathy Keene is set where they're in, everybody's in college and they're still in high school. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that timeline. <laughs> it's five years. Of, it's five years ahead. I think that's of what Kathy, that's Kathy Keene. That's yeah. where they're at. Yeah. And then I guess Sabrina and Riverdale are, are in the same timeline. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the CW is doing with these children. They need to let them go and let them have their careers. And just it's just not working out. Like, it's just, it's bad. Like, BuzzFeed has, like, a dedicated story every single week on how terrible the show is. And I'm just like, at weren't this you, point, it's like... Weren't you a fan of the show? The first season was good. How and, then they, and, then they, and then they dropped the ball completely. I feel like people were mad because it completely deviated from, like, the Archie archetype of kids in high school. Yeah, but you show. knew that when you saw the previews of yeah. the show from episode one. Like, yeah. you knew it wasn't going to be the same thing. So if that's what you're worried about, what? then you wouldn't be watching the show in the first place. That's and what I'm thinking. What, they turned it into what Archie's having an affair with a teacher, and the teacher dies, and it's <laughs> Jermaine's <laughs> The good thing about uh, Riverdale for me, and I'm gonna write a whole article post. I've already started about this. Mm-hmm. Is that they have they had people like the people who work on the show are really are big film lovers. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot of the influences of those really great films inside of the inside of the show itself. So like they did Lolita, which is a Stanley Kubrick, yeah. his interpretation of um, a book that was already written. They had like. Um, noir episodes like they had really cool ideas and that's the, what angers me is that there was so much potential in the show to be cool but the overall do something story different. is kind of but after the first season they didn't have any idea what they were going to do next and then they just started making stuff up and then that's when it just went completely left and all the actors are like we don't know what's going to happen we're just here I think they should just end it and that's what I have said. them and have them just show up in Kathy Keene 
Yeah, have people right. come in and out, and if they want to return to that universe, they yeah. can return to the universe. But the show needs to end. It's that's my end. personal opinion, and that's probably why these guys left. They were yeah. like, "This show doesn't make sense anymore. Like, we don't know what we're saying." For for we're it leaving. to be for it to like, be your your anchor point for that universe is doing bad comparatively. Cavikin isn't out yet, but it's compar- out. But I think it's only like on its second episode. Yeah. It's, it's like recently. So just so dropped, you can't yeah. really you can't really gauge how good it is yet but comparatively you have sabrina which is still doing amazing sabrina's doing fine so it's on netflix, right? it's on netflix yeah they don't cross over do they no they, but I there's, they, there's they, do mention, they do mention a little bit they do yeah. mention oh River, they do mention each other in a way mm-hmm. but it's not like really super big crossover you know so yeah i think yeah. they just need a they've got to drop it like <laughs> I'm sorry, just gotta drop it. Like, let everyone just do. Some of them are already. Most of them are already doing other stuff outside of this. Yeah. So just let like, them go. I feel like, <laughs> like within that them. world, they could have just played the archetypes because Sabrina plays in the whole supernatural kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kathy Keene seems like it's gonna be Sex in the City. Yeah. Twenty like somethings. Like, yeah. Like art with Archie just should have just went right back to like One Tree Hill, Dawson's Creek kind of thing, and just let it go. Mm-hmm. But you they know? tried to do like a murder mystery, yeah. which worked. Like I said, it worked in the first season. Yeah. But because they didn't know what to do after that, they just did some... Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm done talking about yeah. this. Okay, so time for career reviews. Yeah. Woo. Career reviews. So I watched that Yoda? the movie. I don't, is that Yoda? That's not Yoda. It, what was that? Jar Jar Binks? I don't know. That sounds I'm, like, just, I'm just naming characters now. <laughs> That sounds like Blue's Clues. You know, you that's, know what I'm that's Blue's Clues. No, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Is it not Yoda? No. Okay. Yoda just says every, everything in a, a reverse. It's like adjective before now. What character is that then? What? He goes. Ruh, 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 ruh. No. That's not Blue. Clues. Blue? <laughs> that's Blue's Clues. I, I can't, know, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I, I'm done. I don't know Blue's Clues in Star Wars. You know. No, it's supposed to be a Star Wars character. Well. Didn't Yoda have that crusty like voice though? Like that no, little, no, no, no. It was a little okay. Who did it then? There was I swear no. to you, there was a character in the. Sh- the voice was a little raspy in the f- original like, three movies. Say something in the character's voice. Like the original two movies. Go to Miami, I will. Like which one was that? Okay, you're speaking like Yoda now. But okay, before, but that's what I was trying to do. That, what is that? That's what I was trying to do. Okay, oh forget gosh. it. Forget <laughs> it. I tried to do it. Oh man. So yeah, I watched a movie called. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a movie called Little Woods, starring Emma Thompson and um. What's that girl's face from um Emma Thompson was in this movie? Yeah. Emma Thompson and um Tessa. Was, Tessa Thompson. I don't know. Yo, why. I was I like, was what is Emma Thompson named, doing in Little Woods? Again, Little Woods. This is um, a good name day for me. No, Tessa Thompson. Is it and, ever? Is Does it, he ever I'm not get it good right? With names. At least I know my Star Wars characters, little girl. That's what I did. I did you knew what I was talking <laughs> no, about when I did it right no, though. No, no, no. Like So it anyway. stars Tessa Thompson and Lily James and it came out April of last year. But yeah, it's a it's a story basically um, the context of the story is the um, healthcare, Medicaid, that kind of disparity. It's not to that depth. It's just people not being able to access medication in border towns of like, I guess the town she lives in is mostly people who do construction mm-hmm. and who don't have, and towns aren't really like booming or whatever. And she's ca- crossed the border period for a number of period of times trying to get medication, not just to sell, but to um, keep her mother alive. But her mother dies. 
she goes to jail, she's on like the last week of her probation, and she gets sucked in to that whole um, going across the border and selling drugs illegally again. Which I think it's a good story because there are people who do that for a living mm-hmm. in this country, and also it tells the story of, I don't think the issue with, I think um, films and art in itself is very political, mm-hmm. whether you're for one side or another. But it's the only way I feel like artists can get their point across. And I feel like this kind of story was necessary because I don't think everybody really can relate to, like, us living here. We're, 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 almost, we're kind of middle class. We're fine. Mm-hmm. We're not struggling for, like, medication. We can go to a doctor if we want to. Right. But there are people who don't, you can't even do that. Right. So I feel like because you don't have people you can relate to, at least seeing it on the screen, you can kind of empathize with people in that situation. <laughs> Nothing. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it was written by Nina DaCosta, um, which is good, which is amazing because it's her first. I think it's her directorial debut. Um, yeah, and she's also going to direct. She directed some episodes, I think, of Top Boy. And also, she's going to be directing. Um. Uh, dang, what's his name? I'm horrible with names. Uh, Jordan Peele's Candyman. So yeah. Okay. So. I guess that's one of us, a director, a female director, we should be on the lookout for going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you have a oh, I rating about the movie? Because you just stopped talking. Like, um, yeah, I give it a four out of five because it was a t- <laughs> it was a necessary story. Mm-hmm. Um, Tessa did an amazing job. Her character is like the adopted sibling to Lily James, which makes sense, you know. And right, she's like, she's the one who's focused on making sure everything works out right where his sister is a constant mess up but they come to a point in the movie where they go apart but then they come together because mm. they she's trying there's they have a mutual goal that they're trying to reach so yeah it's a wonderful movie if you have a chance to see it i think it's on it's on hulu that's how i watch it if you have mm. a chance go watch it so four out of five for me nice yeah i Went and I watched an older movie, um, Fences. Mm. Mm. Oh, and uh, let me tell you, I enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was very heavy content, but Fences is about basically Denzel's character uh, growing up in the ni- well, he's um, raising his family in the 1950s, and he has to come to terms with how the country is changing and how to raise his family accordingly. And they just get into his family dynamics and it stars Denzel Washington and Viola Davis which was ridiculous it was like the one two punch of acting mm-hmm. you see Denzel doing his thing you know Denzel he's got the face and the <coughs> emotions but then you add Viola Davis to it oh my goodness man I thought this was in real life um, as far as cinematography goes because I'm a big cinematography person um, it was basically like just a couple of sets. It wasn't anything pretty to look at, but mm-hmm. I think they wanted you to see where they were living as uh, black people in America at the time, what they could afford to live in comfortably and what they could afford to um, just deal with on a daily basis. So overall, man, this was a pretty good movie. I thought it was a heavy, it was, oh, I'm starting to repeat myself, but you know. it happens. Um, <laughs> I don't know. 
I wouldn't say it was just like a black bashing movie like all the other stuff. Like, hey, I'm a I'm a slave mm-hmm. and this person killed everybody in my family, so mm-hmm. I have to try to fight for freedom. This is just a story of this is my circumstances and this is how I'm going to try to get better and move forward. And I may not make the right decisions, but I'm going to make the decisions the best that I can. So I would give this four out of five. It was a good movie, and I liked it more than I thought I would. That's good. It was um, a, it was a play before, and then they made it into a movie. Yeah, and I actually um, really enjoy when they do that because you already have like it? a fully formed. Um, Earl, uh, James Earl Jones played um Denzel's character in the mm-hmm. in the play. Yeah. So. Pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> Watched a couple of things. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I watched well, the first episode of High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz. Um, I'm tired of seeing her boobs. I don't know if that's like anyone else's problem, but like I'm tired of seeing her boobs. What is the show again? <laughs> wow. Kidding, oh my tired god. Of her boobs. <laughs> tired of seeing her boobs. That's I all. Go there. That's all. Um, I think it was like a book or something before this. Or like a movie? Um, I don't know. It was, was based a, on something before, right? There was a movie. I don't know. If, I don't know what came. I don't know if it was a book than a movie. I know there was a movie which her mother is in it. and But the difference in this show is she's not playing her mother's character. She's playing John Cusick's character, which she takes. Basically, John Cusick was the lead in the movie. Mm-hmm. And now she's the lead in the, the yeah. show. Um, it was fine. It just wasn't my jam. If you, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to do a story about, like, love in the city and, like, finding yourself and finding whatever, it needs to be more of a group dynamic for that to work for me. So, like, a show like How I Met Your Mother or Friends or something like that, where, like, it's not just based on, like, your situation. It's everyone kind of trying to go through life together. I feel like that's a little bit more... Because you have a little bit more uh, diversity in the characters. And I don't know, she's like a beautiful young woman living in a nice apartment in Brooklyn. I just couldn't sympathize with her issues. I guess that's just that's just me. Rich people problems. Yeah. Like Or first world problems. Okay. <laughs> um, but she did produce the show, so that's dope. And I'll give her all the credit for that. But yeah, she's not my jam. But if you guys want to check it out, it's on Hulu. Um but the movie that I watched was The Farewell, directed by Lulu Wang. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone was talking about this movie, this award season, but I never got the opportunity to watch it, but now it's on Amazon, so boom. And it's about this um, Chinese-American woman whose grandmother is sick, Mm -hmm. um, has terminal cancer, but the whole family does not, is not going to tell her the truth. They're not going to tell her that she's dying. And that's really, so they all, so they all go to China on like the basis of, of someone's wedding to go say goodbye to her but um no one tells her the truth i was like what kind of what i couldn't imagine that this was real but it's a it's a true story like literally no one no one told the grandmother that she was about to die um it was very a24 (laughs) and if you watch those movies you know what i mean (laughs) it's very a24 but it was really good most of it's like half in Chinese, half in American. Like, I mean, English, like <laughs> American. Yeah, and it goes back and forth, and 
I used to like literally never watch foreign movies, but you know, Parasite Post changed my Parasite. heart. Post Parasite, Cindy watches mm-hmm. movies with subtitles now. So like, look at me, I'm She's doing well. Worldly and mature. I'm just, yeah. I'm killing it. Um, yeah, I really liked this. I really liked it because I feel like it's it is an American story in terms of like you're seeing it through the perspective of like a woman who's from who's born who's raised in America but is has this other cultural background. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was just like the it was just trying to like I think it was really trying to show like how our cultures differ in a lot of major ways but that the differences aren't necessarily bad they're just different. Mm-hmm. Like they're choosing not to tell the grandmother because they're saying like as a collective, like as a family, like we're going to put on the grief. They're going to take the grief off of her and put it on ourselves. And also like, you're not the one who's going to have to deal with the repercussions after you tell her that she has cancer. Like you're going to go back to New York. We're all still going to be here and we're going to have to deal with the fallout. So is the truth really that important to the individual or what, or does it make more sense to just have her be happy and enjoy her life? And then, when put she, her past peacefully instead of yeah exactly instead of you know giving her months of heartache thinking that okay well okay i'm gonna die and then maybe even rushing the process quicker for her to to you know pass mm-hmm. away very interesting i really loved that most of these scenes were with a lot of people like you understood how much family was important to that is important to that culture like all the meals together, like just everyone had their say. Everyone was all up in each other's business. Like I hate that personally, but that's what they value, I guess. Like you the have, collective is more important than the individual. I think that's what they were trying to show. It seems like to me it's a very um, I want to say just immigrant story, but it's like that story of every um second generation right person, person yeah you're gonna deal so, with those differences yeah. all the time you gotta you mm-hmm. you kind of got to more like understand culturally mm-hmm. like your family your family you understand your family is this culture but you also gotta understand like i'm this culture as well mm-hmm. so you gotta not have those give and i think it's really cool cause i think american culture to meet the family as a whole like mm-hmm. when people think family in america they think mom dad kids mm-hmm. and that's it whereas everywhere else it's, it's Aunties, it's aunties, uncles, uncles, it's cousins. It's, yeah, it's, it's everyone's involved so. in your in the raising or just in your life. Like yeah. everyone's involved. Which is really I think that's really cool. And I like how they depicted it. Like it wasn't like it was a smothering thing. It was just like we all know how the system is set up. Like yeah. we're all looking out for each other. We all know what each other is going through. Yeah. And I thought that was really dope. The mom said something in this movie that kind of stuck with me when she was like, um, when my father passed, I didn't cry because I had to try to keep everything together. And people thought that I didn't love my father. But what what would ben- what would be the benefit if I was just out here wailing, falling on the floor, you know, being dramatic? Like, you got to keep your emotions to yourself. And that's how they thought. Like, they were like, no, don't cry. Like, don't make a scene. Pretend like everything's fine. This is what we're doing. And I was just like, this is crazy. And I completely understood, like, how do you not... How do you not? But then, as the movie went on, I was like, "Yeah, I can get it. I get it. You know, I get there." You don't cry now. You you cry after. I get why they do certain things. Yeah. Like it makes sense now. Because you know how people are always like Asians are mean, or at least that's the stereotype I've heard is that they're meaner. They're kind of cold. They're not as I think friendly. I, or I think it's a lack of un, like that cultural difference. Yeah, it's just so that's, that's they really just operate differently. Yeah, right. and that's okay. 
Like every, I think every group has those quirks. Like West mm-hmm. Indians, we're like, yo, you gonna know I'm here. Like you gonna know I'm here. And mm-hmm. other groups, like they're very reserved and quiet. Mm-hmm. Americans, for some reason, kind of straddle that line depending on which yeah. region of the country you're from. I learned this in class. This so, is really interesting. But yeah. And I like that I learned stuff in class about like intercultural relationships, and that I watched this movie like years later. I'm like, oh, I remember that thing from class. Anyways, yeah, yeah. it was a really good movie. I highly recommend it. I'm giving it like a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give it nine out of ten. It I was remember, dope. I think I remember reading something about the actual movie, where it's kind of loosely based on a real story. It's based on Lulu's life. So the yeah. director, it's based on her life. Yeah, and someone was like, the title in like China is actually Don't Tell Her. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the grandmother in real life is actually, she's actually She doesn't, big. she still doesn't know. She doesn't know. And then they were worried, like, because. Which is crazy. Which, like, like, it's insane. Instead of titling it the farewell, like, here, like, no, it's called Shh, Don't Tell Her. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take the grandma to my debut movie with the title Shh, Don't Tell Her. <laughs> And you know, just be like, oh, this is a good movie. What's it about? (laughs) But yeah, um, Lulu's dope. Um, she, I, I think she did a really good job with these. I mean, all Asian cast. Like, she wasn't, and whoever like, I mean, A twenty four obviously was like, yeah, we take the risk of like doing this, but like they supported her and stuff. Look, she's with Barry Jenkins who made Moonlight. I'm like, come on, girl, you better do it, okay? I think I think She's those dope. those things are cool. Like mm. I like her, Barry Jenkins. You got Greta, Greta and Noah. Noah. Yeah, got, it's really cute. It's actually really other cute. Other creative to bounce ideas back and forth with, but your mm-hmm. story writing, your directorial styles, like totally different. Totally different. So, yeah. Yeah. You know who else is together? And I just found this out today. Um, Bo Burnham. Oh. And the girl who made Hustlers, the woman who made Hustlers. The actual. Oh. Lor- the person it's Lauren? about. No, the writer the and director of for, it, oh, I think. Ooh. I was like, what? I love all these, like, low-key, like, we're dating our, like, what? Creatives. This is our creative. Well, you're usually the opposite. Usually you don't want to be with another creative, but they're like, nah. That's what I would, that's how I think. But you know what I'm thinking as I'm getting older is, like, you have to be with people who are, like, on the same wavelength as yeah, you. Yeah, your commonality. Like, that's actually what, I don't think opposites attract that much. I think similarities attract more. You need an interplay of both. Yeah, you need you need some similarities mm. for it to work. You can't just be. I think that's opposites. really cool, and I yeah. like that they're supporting each other's work and yeah. stuff. And y'all's, y'all's Aquafina did a really good job. I wasn't expecting that, but she pulled it out. I was like, no, excuse me, Aquafina. Yeah. She lost a black set though. That's another story for another day. She Uh-oh. lost a what? Her black set. Her black set. Mm-hmm. What's that? Black accent. Oh yeah! Before she used to. Do, did you okay? Did you watch Crazy Rich Asians? No, I didn't see that movie. She spoke in the black stuff for like her whole career was her like pretending to be a rapper and trying to rap and be the. Oh, I still heard set. it. And but now it's like oh the farewell Oscar nominated <laughs> I'm getting awards, and it's it's gone. And I still heard that so, joint. Even yeah. when she was speaking in Chinese, I still heard it. You can still hear the well if you have like an ear for accents, you could probably hear it better. Yeah. So. But yeah. She, but that that she check pulls came it out in a little bit. Huh? She pulls it out a little bit still. I because think for I her it's a still episodes of Norton's Queens. It's still there, but right. it's not as strong as it once was. Right. So she's still fighting it. <laughs> but she was <laughs> she was doing it, it for so long. No. She, yeah, so I'm fighting it. But yeah. But yeah, man. Okay. 
hopefully you know this week this week or next couple months and get increased with these movies yeah so but before we go we have to answer these two questions because it's the end of of black history month Month, yeah this week Mm -hmm. so the first question is what do you think black cinema is getting right and what could they improve on as a community i guess um what they're getting right i think we're getting right as far as we've always we're getting more diverse in the black experience we could go more Mm mm-hmm like we've gone from the you know the typical hood movie. Now we're going back. Like for me, the golden era of nine of black cinema, like the nineties. You had the wood. You had you had you had Love Jones, Brown Sugar. You had mm. all those movies, which is not all the same experience, different experiences. So I guess we're getting back to that uh, once again. I do want to see, and there are also a lot more black female directors, which I love I love a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one improvement I would want to see, I want I think it's from Hollywood in general, more access and more outlets. Mm. To be honest, like oh yeah, definitely. So Wave should have been on the big screen. Yeah, like that's it, and that's not that's not black cinema as far as us. It's more but those it's gatekeepers, more. which mm. is I'm gonna go back to the whole that studio executive roundtable like if you watch that of all the major studios including <coughs> netflix and including um amazon video they're all white mm-hmm. and only two of them are women mm. so and these are the people who are deciding right what goes on your screen mm-hmm. so as far as that portion you need to do better like so yeah performances are still excellent um i like that there's more diversity of casting now because before you would see like the same people in in movies over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and then if you had a big movie they're all in the same movie so now i like seeing that they're bringing up new new talent Mm -hmm. and then they're giving new people access to what you know also hollywood you know that's kind of that kind of would be the only problem I have with the '90s black cinema is like right. there were a lot of stuff, but it was like it was always um, Morris Chestnut, Sonia Lathan, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Like, oh, oh, Denzel and another Denzel, one, yeah. Yeah. Man, you know. So at least now, you know, everybody's getting their shot. So, what about you, ma'am? Um, what do I think they're getting right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like there are we're starting to get away from just telling um, blanket black stories in terms of slavery or Jim Crow era or any of that. I feel like we're now getting into a place where we can talk about everyone's experience as a black person, whatever form that may be in, because we don't all have the same experience. Uh, Waves is probably the number one thing I would point to is to talk about a black family, but not necessarily a black story. Yeah. Um, and they did that excellently. We already talked about that. But so I think they're doing a good job. We're trying. And even Jordan Pill, I feel like he's getting us in, an, in a different way, in a more artistic way. Like, I think there are people out there who are, like, trying to move us forward, mm-hmm. um, which is excellent. What I think we need to improve on is a lot, but... Basically, I really want, I want more black people telling stories of black people, if that makes sense. Like, 
I feel like there are a lot. Of, so I watched the writers roundtable from this past awards season, and one of the direct one of the writers who did who wrote Bombshell was saying that he wanted to try and write a story about a black a black person, but he feels like he might not be able to do it because it's not his experience, and that he can't just be like a tourist. Mm-hmm. in that experience he and there was a black writer who did who wrote and directed Harriet and she was like yeah I mean listen like if you're gonna do it you've got to do the research like you can't just be a passenger like you have to fully invest in the importance and care about black people and black stories and I feel like if more of those conversations happened where it's like you can do stuff just know that it's not this isn't going to be your awards bait movie. Like this isn't going to be your whatever. Like if you're going to do it, you have to actually care about it. You have to care about and support black people and black stories. I think we need more of that. And I think we need more black people as executives, as producers, as people and like who are making the decisions. Cause like, how do we expect things to really change if we don't start there? And we can't just rely on Tyler Perry, the one guy. And we're not relying on Tyler Perry anymore. Right. He's, he's made it clear that he doesn't want our help, so he doesn't get it. Tyler Perry is both the solution and the problem. Tyler we're Perry is not a solution one. to me. Tyler Perry is a problem. He's a when serious, When I say solution, he's, he's the main one there who's already in a position who could say, instead of, if he would branch away from that whole Medea and... He won't. And he That's his wrote, target base. <laughs> and then also he has an issue with his stories because he's out of a writer's room. No. If he would just be like, focus on, okay... This is a Talib, like a distribution thing. Like, oh, this is a wonderful independent movie, which mm. is amazing. And it's a black talent. No, I'm a, I'm gonna help you mm. get there. But he kind of doesn't. It's always it's Tyler Perry presents. Tyler Perry. So yeah. Perry. we need more people than just us people sitting yeah. in the the movie theaters for Photograph and all the other movies. Like, yeah. we got to get other people to come and and value our experience. I think that's like the most important thing. Like, we're not just Basically, aliens come down from another planet like we're people too black, we have a story to tell black we Panthers deserve representation be, black Panther shouldn't be our only outlier of yeah. everybody watching a movie it should be a continual thing please stop making me slave and Jim Crow movies I please. beg of you I know I understand please. like I get it like that's where the stuff like that's where our stories are like that that's where the most popular stories I'm, are I'm, I'm iffy with it I'm cool with them being set in that time period but that shouldn't be the crux also like I'm really interested in seeing the banker from Apple mm-hmm. from Apple because it's set during that era, but it's not Jim Crow. It's more like, oh, we don't have access to banking institutions to get loan, loans and stuff like that. They're redlining mm-hmm. our district. Like It's in that universe, but it's not focused like, oh, it's Jim Crow and these, here come these crackers to kill my son. It's not, it's not focused on that. It's in that world, but it's a, a real story. Yeah. So I just, if you're, okay, if we're going to deal with that, then you need to do also more stories that don't have to do with that era. Yeah. Like if you're going to have both of them, make sure it's equal. Cause right now all we're getting is all of them, all of that yeah. past stuff, which is important historically, but like there's more than that. We're more than that. Like we have, right. we're, more than we're more slaves. than slaves. Let's, like, let's, you know what I'm saying? Let's get more moonlights. Let's get more waves. Let's get more Beale streets. Yo. Let's get, you know, another, another fell a farewell. Yes. You know, let's get like, let's, let's get, get a, a black lady bird in that joint. Like just a, a movie about a kid. Why don't we do it? Let's just do a, it. A black moonlight. Cause moonlight was still good. You know, <laughs> well, come on, we're, how, how come we're, we're black and we're so musically inclined, but we don't have a musical. 
Yeah, like, that's crazy. Like, like come that's on, actually we got crazy. one. It's the Wiz, but the Wiz came out how many years ago? Yeah, that's what I'm that, yeah, literally and it's, 1970. And, was, like. and it's not like the Wiz was an original story. It wasn't. Right. It was so. Yeah. yeah. Let's get more black people doing historical periods, not hey, in slavery. Jackson, he sang in that though. He sang, boy. Yeah. And I also want more young actors, more black actors. Um, we have we have the standard ones. We have Michael B. Jordan. We got Lupita. And we got them. The, let's get some younger guys like our boy Kelvin. Like let's get the current crop. Let's get we've younger seen looks young good. blood. Kelvin. Yeah. Um, the, you got the the cast from um, even though the movie was kind of iffy, you got the cast from um Native Son. Mm-hmm. So we've they've we've got a lot of good up and coming black ta- yeah. talent coming. I I want I just more. want more. I want more. more. Because I love Michael B. Jordan, but I don't want to see him in every black movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I don't want to see Chadwick Boseman in every black movie. That's all. True. I, wanna I see, just want some. I just want some something different. I want to see a transition where, you know, Denzel kind of goes to the website. Like, it kind of, like, the eras, like, Morgan Friedman kind of goes, mm-hmm. Denzel takes that Morgan Friedman gap, and then Sterling King Brown takes that Denzel gap. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I want to I see that, like, happen. Like, I want to see that, that gradual cycle. Okay, I like that. Like, I like you, that see, you see Denzel less, he kind of goes into the Morgan Friedman gap, and then Sterling King Brown gets those kind of roles that mm-hmm. Denzel would get, and then, you know, it keeps going. His son, he's getting in there. Yeah. like I want to see more of him, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, Tenant. Tenant. Whoa, boy. What? All right, we're going. To, right. <laughs> okay. Next question. And then the last question is, how can we as black creatives be a part of the solution? So we've said a lot, but how are we going to change it? I think, I know for us, we're a podcast. Mm-hmm. I do think our role is do we do give a voice to those problems? Like, and we do have an outlet to even audibly say it where people can listen to it no matter where mm-hmm. and help that message spread. I think also we can um on our end we do we could also at least because we do we do have made a concerted effort to like especially this month highlight black films mm-hmm. and stuff like that um I guess we can for us I see is we can promote more black artists or independent artists you know I mean personally I'm going out more and I do watch independent films and now I'm trying to focus more not just independent but also black independent films. Mm. So I guess that's me what we can do more. So I think it's along creating content and pushing our own content. Yeah. Um we just gotta get it out there somehow. Yeah. You know, um if if uh Hollywood's not gonna play it, we gotta find a way to play it. Mm. And it's kind of the story of Dolomite, he got his movie to play not saying that Dolmite was like a good film, but he was able to get his his movie to play in the theaters, even though everything was against him. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to distribute his stuff. So if we could just distribute our our movies, and um, we have people out there that are higher up that can actually help out with this, mm-hmm. because the uh, the medium of film and just television is so powerful and if we just came together and distributed our stuff, our stories, the way that we need to tell them, then I think we'd be in better shape than we are right now. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we need to help each other out um, to create the space that isn't there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there are a lot of higher up people who are already in Hollywood. I'm not sure what they're doing exactly, but um, we they w- it would it would be beneficial for them to come and connect with younger people who are making films and trying to get themselves started cuz i feel like 
and that's kind of like a black thing. Like once we make it to the top, we don't really look back and that's an issue. We have to kind of look out for each other and help each other grow and succeed. So, I mean, whatever in whatever medium we choose to do, whether we're artists or musicians or we love films and we want to make films, like, I know there are communities out there already, but we just have to make sure we're helping each other out in the best way possible so we can get those things out. It's not really about, for me, it's not about money and fame and whatever. It's just about making an impact and trying to make a difference. So if that is our goal as a collective, we can get a lot done. And I don't think it's not just us as well, because um, during the um Black Film Festival mm-hmm. Awards, was it Black Film Festival Awards? I think um, Rihanna was even like... Oh, the NAACP. Oh, Rihanna. She made the statement perfectly. Like, you all have friends of other races. And if they're your friends our issues should be their issues they right. should be championing our causes so i don't think it's just i don't you can't put the onus on black people or us as a culture because there's so much we can do i mean the few prominent media people we have are oprah and tyler perry you know in those positions who can distribute us but i do feel like those other outliers those friends those allies of the common selves need to do more so yeah i totally and i totally agree with that first of all i agree with Brianna on everything I, she Rihanna has just become such a pearl in our lives, hasn't she? Like, remember when she was like doing Ponder Replay, but now she's like a serious, amazing businesswoman, and I just, I am, I love her so much. Anyway, um, I totally agree with that, and I think Joaquin had made a similar statement at the Oscars, probably one of those award shows, where he was just like, "It's our problem. We're we're a part of the problem because we're not helping. We we need the help." And I, but I also I also do feel like there are more black people help out the younger people who are just getting started i just feel like i feel like there's just more that that can be done on both sides that's what mm-hmm. i hope that but helps yeah, yeah. yeah. all right well, that's the last question that's it oh, yeah. okay wow today went like quicker than i thought it was gonna go <laughs> but yeah you know thanks for being here with us you know episode 30 mm-hmm. Still, you know, 30 30, 30. it was not terrible probably like an indie movie it wasn't like garbage every youtuber movie i've seen has always been often horrible for some reason unless they're the youtubers who do like film and stuff right 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 because <laughs> like, then because, that'll be like because then they know what they're doing but so like, this was made by people who were like who acted a little bit who did stand-up comedy a little bit so it wasn't it wasn't bad bad or, but or, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like jake paul or Aaron, like what's this logan, logan paul logan it wasn't like one of their movies Anyway, anyway, we're not gonna talk about them. Um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the day. Enjoy your weekend. Your Hope weekend. you guys had a fabulous Black History Month. Yeah. I had a good one, I think. I did too. I mean, it kind of, it kind of started. It ended the way it started, you know, making a stallion getting kissed by G Easy, and then you had Deontay Wilder getting kissed by Tyler Fury's fist. But that's hey, you know, what? it's whatever. Tyson Fury. He's a boxer. He's a boxer. Is that the guy who did the fight on Saturday? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. So yeah. No. Like episode thirty. Like us. Subscribe to our content on YouTube. 
follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Support you know, us. support us. Hit up our. You want us to watch a movie? Drop a couple dollars in there, and so we can you know yes. buy these tickets. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, we want to do a live react or one of those things too. So yeah, cool. yeah, rate us, give us like five stars so we can you know get out there.